Hey there, it's Preston here. And before we get started with today's show, I want to share a fun new opportunity with you. We're preparing to launch Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10 minute episodes addressing a singular specific question from one of you. If you've ever wanted to promote your business on our show, but don't have enough questions to fill a full episode, this is your chance. Just submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask, and we'll give your business a plug and include our best short answers to your question. As always, we can't do this show without you. So visit freelance2founder.com slash ask today and submit a question. You can send a text or record audio or make a quick video and it just takes a few minutes at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We can't wait to hear from you. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, have you ever noticed just how liberating it can be to tell your clients no? In the early years of freelancing, most of us feel obligated to say yes to any request your clients make. After all, they're the ones paying your bills. But every yes to a client request means a no to something else in your business. And if you're not careful, your clients end up deciding the direction of your company this way. This is where we find today's guest, Erica. She's been told she needs to follow a path offering sophisticated internet marketing, when in reality, she just loves working on meaningful brands and building websites. So how can Erica say no when clients keep asking for more? Find out on today's coaching call, which gets started right after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance rules and restrictions apply go ahead <laughs> what so what do i ask what does uh, running your running yourself ragged mean um so what i mean by that is i spend a lot of time sending out quotes and just following up with leads and things like that i feel like i'm not always getting to my project work in a timely manner and that's what i really want to be doing is the project work so uh, I'm just doing a lot of admin um, because I think I don't have the solid processes in place and knowing just exactly what packages I sell. I might need to pare it down and just offer web design and maintenance or something like that. Oh, man, I'm hearing a lot here, um, you know, talking about project work versus admin work. I love that you clarified that you want you want to do the project work. Not everyone is that way. 
you know, some people would prefer to hand off the project work. <clears throat> um, and then the paring down of your service offering, like that definitely resonates. Especially when you, at the beginning of the show, you know, you're like, I offer this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. <laughs> like that to me was was a moment of like, oh, she may need to, she may need to pare down what she offers. I guess like um, as we're talking through reaching that, um, that seven, you know, and, and maybe, I, I don't know, where, where would you like to start? Like what, what are the big question marks for you? What are the big hurdles you're still facing? And, and what should we talk about very first? I think the biggest thing for me is, so like I said, I started out as a web designer and I actually took this coaching program um, that was like how to help web designers make six figures a year or something. So, and yeah. it's a really great program and really it, it just makes you as a web designer turn into a marketer so that you're offering more hmm. monthly services um, to you know, monthly services add up and build your income. Um, I haven't hit six, six figures yet. Um, but anyway, that helped me to number one, raise my prices and number two, start, you know, kind of stacking monthly services on top of each other. Mm. Uh, but as I'm doing that, I'm realizing a, I'm, I'm not really enjoying repetitive marketing tasks. Um, so that's the type of stuff that I want to outsource or, you know, subcontract. Whereas I do like the project work, like building the website or the landing mm. page or whatever it is, the, the more sporadic work. So finding that balance of, you know, and then just kind of feeling like I have imposter syndrome because of getting into marketing. Mm -hmm. There's so many, you know, there's so many unknowns. I feel like I'm always asking questions for strategy. Um, Do you actually like marketing? Like deep down, like truly like answering that to yourself. Do you <laughs> like if you did nothing like else but marketing it? all day, would you be happy? I'm glad you asked that. So I work with these really heartfelt entrepreneurs, you know, like I said, in the wellness field, they all want to help people. And so I really love helping them with their branding on the front end. And then after I, we build a brand together, of course, they're asking questions like, all right, how do I you know, market myself on social media? And I really enjoy uh, working with them on that. But that even that is more like content creation. Like I want to help mm-hmm. them put their message out in the world. So if anybody comes to me and they're like, I want to make more money and I want to run ads, and I want to do this, that, I, I don't. <laughs> Which will come. Right, like if you and start starting to, yeah, yeah. If you start anything, even small, with marketing, they're gonna start asking mm-hmm. you about ads, Facebook ads, Google ads. Like it's it's just gonna happen. It's inevitable. Yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. I just brought on some subcontractors to help with ads, and I still have my mentor who helps me learn this marketing stuff. But even even what he tells me is, I think maybe higher level than what my subcontractors are going to offer because he was talking in depth about ad testing and I just get overwhelmed with it all. I'm like, and then they mm. have, the prices that I'm supposed to be charging for marketing and packages are so big. Whereas I've been working with small entrepreneurs with small budgets and just kind of coming alongside them and being an extra pair of hands with technical knowledge and some marketing knowledge. Um, and so to sell these big packages with, you know, large ad budgets and stuff is, um, that's where I get imposter syndrome. <laughs> like mm. I have not done this before. So I'm having to learn a lot and I, I like learning it, but I also feel a little overwhelmed. Um, and I'd kind of like to stay in my lane sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like we just go back to selling websites. <laughs> there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpackage here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Preston, you want to, do you want to go first? Well, I mean, I'm Clay, I'm sure you have a lot to add here, but I, you know, something I keep hearing over and over again is is like this 
imposter syndrome and this um, things I'm supposed to do, you know? Yes. And, and I think while I believe courses can be really good um, and learning from people who've done it before can be really powerful, and I've done it myself, uh, you know, and I continue to learn from other people. I, th- I think, though, the risk is a lot of people tend to teach like the way they've done it. Instead of teaching the, the broader concepts uh, or the underlying foundations, they teach like here's exactly how to do it. Here's this S word again. Here's what you're supposed to do, right? Um, and, and I think there's a bit of a danger in that uh, because it sounds like, it sounds to me, and you can tell me if I'm hearing you right, Erica, it sounds to me like, first of all, this is not the kind of work that gets you excited, right. right? Charging a whole bunch for these giant marketing plans that include tons of ad buy, and it just it do, you don't sound excited when you talk about it. Yeah, and and um, and then it sounds like your clients aren't necessarily the kinds of companies that need those kinds of marketing plans, right? right. Like not every not every company needs that, and so there's nothing wrong with saying. I don't offer that because you don't need that. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's what I do offer: a simplified like branding, marketing. Um, you know, we do simple social media marketing, organic stuff. We don't dump a bunch of money into Facebook ads because you know you 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 may not see the return or whatever. Like I just think, I just think like following someone else's blueprint for too long can can maybe be a little dangerous, especially as you start to notice. This imposter syndrome feeling could also be like your gut telling you, you're not going to like this five years from now, 10 years from now. If you fall, if you keep, if you go too far down this road, you know, this isn't going to be work that, that lights you up and makes you want to get up in the morning and, and go to work. So I don't know, Clay, do you have other thoughts on, on what you've heard so far? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in 
in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Yeah, I totally agree. I, there's so many, uh, there's so many coaches, um, and not not just in the web space, uh, but just business coaches that that will tell you, "Hey, you have to do marketing." And I, I'm here to tell you that you don't. Like, if you don't like to do it, and and I, and that's not necessarily to say that you you don't like to do it. Like. It just uh, from what I'm hearing, what we're hearing, and I can tell kind of in your tonality, in your voice, that it's not the most exciting thing for you to do as far like the marketing side of things. Right. Um, so you don't have to do it. There are ways to to make six figures. Six figures is is quite honestly a lot easier than you think. Um, you can do that just by doing branding and web design. That's it. And and if you... Uh, I mean, the natural thing is, yeah, sure, add on marketing. Sure, add on social media stuff. Sure, add on ads. Um, but that just gets super complex and you get overwhelmed. Your processes become uh, basically a clusterfuck. And, and it's like, what if you just stuck with one or two things, branding and web design, mm-hmm. and that is what you become known for, mm-hmm. right. right? And that's it. There's ways where you can you can make a monthly recurring revenue model with just website design. I do that. I don't charge, and I don't I don't know I don't have any clue how you charge your for your website. Do you charge one time fee or like how do you charge your fees on websites? Yeah, so for websites, I do um, I do WordPress websites. Usually, they cost around three thousand um, dollars, mm. and then after that, they're on a monthly maintenance plan for fifty or hundred. And you charge it. up you charge up front. Um. Yes. Okay. I, I I've said this several times on on previous episodes. I would highly encourage you to to change that to monthly instead of doing upfront fee. Um, uh, you could charge like I charge three hundred ninety seven dollars a month for my websites. Like that's mm-hmm. where it starts. But but there's a commitment, right? Because because I think that's what people sometimes miss is like they're like, well, yeah, I could charge three ninety seven and then. And then build their website in two weeks, and then I'm, you know, it was a four hundred dollar website. Yeah, I I actually got rid of the the commitment. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So like this is this, again, people thought I was crazy. They're like, well, what happens if somebody leaves you after two months? Um, yeah, okay. I so I got rid of the commitment like a year and a half ago. Um, nobody's left me one. Uh, but two, the the little fine print in all of this is that the transfer of ownership on the design doesn't happen until the twenty fourth month. So if they decide to leave, which they can, they're not financially obligated, but they have to go get a website built somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so there really the is a commitment if they want to keep if they want to keep the website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just like that's the trade off, right? It's like sure. okay, you're not financially contractually obligated to pay me for two years, but 
you don't actually get the design ownership until the two-year mark happens. It's sort of so. like a lease-to-own situation. It is, something. yeah. yeah. It's like a rent-to-own thing. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I would highly recommend you moving to that model because I will tell you, as soon as you sign up, let's just say three websites today, even if you charge $250, which is what I used to charge, that's first starting out when I moved to this model, I charged $250 a month. That was all-inclusive of everything. Um, and you sold three websites now. You're making $750 a month. You sell three websites next month. Now you're making $1,500 a month. You sell three more the next month. Okay, you can see how this works, right? Um, right. And like after three, four, five, six months of selling, you're making thousands of dollars with, even if you bring on no, no more clients. Okay. Like yeah, and it's it's like if this is this is the way to do monthly recurring retainer kind of stuff with website design, uh, and you will see your conversions go up too. Um, it's a lot easier for someone to dish out two hundred and fifty dollars a month versus saying, "Okay, let me hand you a three thousand dollar check." Plus, two hundred fifty dollars a month over two years is six thousand dollars, so you just doubled your fee. Right. So. Okay. How yeah. long does it take you to put up a website? Like, uh, for me, turnaround time it, I, from a calendar window is thirty days, but actual work time, two days, three days. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Erica, what's resonating here, or or what questions are still lingering about this idea of maybe maybe ditching? Uh, Maybe ditching marketing as a service that you offer, or, or really bringing it down in terms of scale, and not thinking, you know, boy, I have to sell these twenty thousand dollar marketing plans with, you know, five thousand dollar ad budgets, or maybe it's even bigger. These whoever is coaching you to tell you to do that, yeah. Um, and and um, making the switch to to doing websites uh, all the time. Yeah, I do. I do like this idea of going to you know the three ninety seven a month or something something around that price range. Um, one thing I did do that was successful for me, I used to charge 50% upfront for a website and then 50% when it would finish. And I can't tell you, there was like a few, a handful of clients that just either never finished their website or it dragged out for like yeah. six months, a year, a year and a half. And I never got that yeah. second payment. Um, so I did start breaking it up to like, if it costs $3,000, then the most it's going to drag out is three months. Like I, it's due within 90 days. So I just send a monthly recurring mm-hmm. invoice for the first three months. Yeah. And uh, and this all comes down to just pre-qualification. Like I, I don't know. I, it, it, I still get this sometimes. Um, probably out of 20 clients, I get one client that will drag this, drag it out. And I, I still don't, it still boggles my mind how people are paying this much money for something where they just kind of drag, drag. So like I would, I would I think it comes down to two things with this and and I 99% of my websites they're done within 30 days. Like I'm super quick. Um and I would figure out two things. I one is pre-qualification like like let's just make sure that they are going to be proactive and and set those expectations on the front end. As long as you set those expectations on the front end be like, "Hey, bro, like I need you to get me stuff whenever I ask for it." Um, they're more likely to actually not drag their feet. And then the second thing is, um, 
Well, I had a second thing. <laughs> I totally went. I totally went blank. Oh, uh, the second thing is, uh, I I would figure out what is what is it that gets people to drag their feet. Is it content? Because, like in my case, it's like you're requesting content for them to write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that the case? I don't know. Do you know off the top of your head what why people drag their feet? Yeah, it's usually because of the content. Um, okay. I've also had people that just maybe were overthinking like what licenses they need for their business or need the right CRM. Uh, or for whatever reason, they think of a reason why not to launch uh, their new business. Okay. That right there, the second point, what software, licensing, blah, blah, blah. That's a pre-qualification issue. Yeah. If you ask those questions at the beginning before you have them sign an agreement, and they're not ready, you just don't take on the project. Right. You just don't take it on. You pre-qualify them, be like, okay, you're not ready when you are, hit me up. And put them on your prospect list to follow up. Um, the first point of like content, let me just tell you what I did. And people listening are going to think I'm freaking crazy, but I'm going to tell you, I doubled my revenue because of this, is my single biggest bottleneck was because I was asking for content from the client. And then they would drag their feet because they got to write content. They don't want to write content. And I can't do my job unless unless they have content. And so I said, because uh, I, I looked at all the data, I'm like, okay, the projects that last like three months, six months, a year, I've even had some la- like drag their feet for like two years. Um, what was the single factor? It, w- it was because they just didn't want to write the content. So I got, I totally just, Okay, what happens if I remove that hurdle? So what I did was I just wrote the content for them. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Doesn't that mean more work for me? It does. Um, I did increase my fee at that point. And I said, I'm going like for just across the board for people, uh, not, not just for the people who need content. I just raised my fee across the board to make up for this. So I just wrote the content for them. And then when I sent them the demo, all the content was there. It's a lot easier for a client to change and and make revisions to content versus having them asking them to write it from scratch. Mm. And so I just wrote the content for them. Yes, it was more work. I did raise my fee a little bit, but you know what happened? I churned out double the amount of websites that I that I did before. So nice. I made way more money. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, my process is a little different than a lot of web designers too. Like I meet with my clients every two weeks dur- for the duration of a project. So I would say it usually, um, I usually say it Why? takes about two months. Um, Why? I really, <laughs> Why? I really care about authenticity. <laughs> yeah, no, I really care about authenticity. So I get on a call with them and make sure. So I do an iterative process with the design. So they're kind of seeing it as it's being built. We review the design every two weeks. Um, we talk about their branding and like I give them a content checklist of what to put on each page or what to write about. I actually kind of want them to write it because I want it to be their words. Mm, so I have, a, I have a couple of thoughts if I can add to this idea of like you writing the content. I see what you're saying about the authenticity and, and also like depending on if you feel like you're a writer or not. You know, that can definitely present a challenge. And listeners, I'm sure, face the same issue. They're like, I'm a web designer or, or I'm, a, I'm a graphic designer. I'm not a writer. 
I think there's a couple ways you can handle this and, and maybe kill two birds with one stone here, um, the authenticity thing and not being a writer. And that is um, you could hire a writer to, to subcontract under you um, and, and they could essentially go to a meeting or get on a call with your client and you would say to your client, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up a call between my writer and you to just talk about your business for an hour, and um, and they're gonna have your writer's gonna have all preset questions to ask. You could even be on the call or be at the meeting or whatever um, to make sure that the right content is covered. But then they could literally just listen for an hour to the words of your client. Then it's still your client's words and your client's vision of what the content should be, but um, but you don't have to write it and they don't have to write it." But it still gets written sort of in their voice and in their perspective. So, you know, it, uh, writers writers are very very affordable, um, and and sometimes you know just like you, just like you wouldn't recommend someone go try to design their own website necessarily. Sometimes those of us who are not writers trying to write our own stuff, it can it can just turn out really bad. And so, you know, there there's one option that you could take. Uh, I I think I think the meeting with your clients every two weeks. At scale is going to be an issue unless you can subcontract other people to help with those meetings. Yeah. And I think it's so this is a part of marketing that I do like is uh, I've had a couple of clients that after I've built them a website, um, I I guess even while I'm building someone a website, I'm kind of presenting myself as a marketing coach per se, um, because we do talk about branding and like what Mm. should your content say and what should the where should the call to actions be? Where should they go? And Mm. anyway, so they learn a lot about. Um, branding and marketing while I'm building the site for them. And then we continue to work together on a monthly basis. Uh, I do a one hour call with them and it's paired with a two hour retainer. And sometimes um, once they start getting into more content marketing, then that retainer will grow. Um, But that has been a good, I don't like to do hourly work, but it's been a good fit um, for the people whose budget is small because I'd only charge 250 a month for that, for those three hours. So, so okay, so this goes back. Uh, I'm gonna rewind here. Do you want to be known as a web design slash branding person, or do you want to be known as a marketing person? I don't know. This came, I think, from my tech skills because they're like, "How do I fix this on my Facebook page, or how do mm-hmm. I create a registration form, or things like that?" So it's like that retainer is more for like technical help with kind of implementing uh-huh. what they yeah. want to do next in their business every month. I would I would be very careful with that. Um, I know it's like easy money. Um, and and I totally get it. Like if if revenue is absolutely needed, you take revenue however you can get it for sure. So I'll just say that disclaimer here. Um, I will say this though, like I think you need to figure out like what do you want to be known for first because everything else you do after that, you should if it doesn't align with that, you should not do it. Um, or like, and, what do you want to spend your time on? What what makes you excited? What mm-hmm. where is the opportunity? It's kind of hard because, like we say, like figure out what you want to do first, and then find the right people. You know, sometimes you have to find the market first. If there's not a market for for something, but but yeah, like this this just um, sort of going down the path and and taking on whatever the next client wants that can definitely be dangerous. I agree. The reason I say that is because like a, a really perfect example, somebody just offered me um, like I, I use ClickUp for all my project management stuff. And I'm very, very I'm like I'm not a super total like expert in it. I'm not like an official ClickUp uh, expert or advocate, but like 
I know a lot about it. And I, I just had somebody offer me $3,000 to set up their ClickUp. I turned it down because I, that's not what I do. I don't want to be known as a project management setup technical person. Um, I, I, I don't want to be known for that. I don't want to take on those kinds of projects. And so I, that, way, that way I can keep my focus on what I want my reputation to be. It's like, it's like this podcast, right? Like this podcast is Freelance to Founder. It's about you know, helping freelancers turn into uh, an agency model. Um, but if we were to, to venture off on this podcast into, to, into different topics, uh, I, I think we would lose, I think we would lose uh, some, some listenership, right? Uh, like if Preston and I decided, hey, uh, let's start talking about fatherhood. I think we're going to lose some people, right? And so um, it, it's all about what we want to be known for. Yeah. I hope that, does that make sense? It's super yeah, easy it to is. go down the rabbit hole of like, okay, this is easy money. But like, you have to think about, you have to think about what, what service or product you're selling leads to the next. Um, and, and when I say next, I mean kind of an upgrade. And so like right now you are you're doing the maybe you start off with a logo or something then you maybe you upgrade to or you sell simultaneously a website which is the next level up. And then the next level up after that is okay, let me coach you on a marketing retainer. Well, what's the next level up after that? Like they're you kind of you kind of subtly like uh subconsciously training your clients thinking that you have a marketing offer beyond just a marketing coach. And so like if that if you don't offer anything above that, I don't yeah. know if I would keep going there. Yeah, that makes sense because those clients who I've really enjoyed working with for, you know, a year or two years straight on that small $250 retainer where I just help with technical things have now gotten all of their technical things set up for them. And now they're hitting that point of, I want to make money. How many conversions yep. am I getting and tracking? Yeah. I want to see how these things are doing. And that's all where I have just had to try to stay one step ahead of them because that's not what I have a background in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now with what, you know, with websites, what you can do, this is, this is what I do and it works really well. Uh, my different level tiers of, of websites is, okay, I offer a very just you know basic website. It's just like, here's what I do. Here's who I am. Um, an upgrade above that is if you want to sell online courses or something like I can do a membership site. That is an upgrade. It costs more because it, it, there's more work involved. And I don't know if you have that skill set, but like, but this is just an example. So like that could be an upgrade. Like I charge double the amount for a membership site. And so like that that's and then e-commerce is in e- a level even above that. And so um like that's that's a way of of doing it uh where you can offer different levels. So do you just have really strong referral partners for after you've launched the website and now they want to have do oh. conversions and tracking and do all that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I was going to mention that earlier. I'm glad, glad you brought that up. So instead of um, outsourcing, you could you could totally outsource uh, marketing stuff. Um, I, I I will. Here's the con to that. The pro is you make more money um, because you offer more services. 
Uh, the con is even though you are outsourcing the actual project work, um, you're still having to be project manager, which requires a ton of administrative and project like management time. And so that's where uh, I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean it's a t- it's a lot of work just to manage and juggle all the projects. Or you can do uh, w- w- you can do the other side of have a list of trusted referral partners who do certain things. So like if you got a guy who does SEO, if you got a, uh, a person who does Facebook ads, same, same thing with Google ads, like yada, yada. And have an agreement with those people and say, hey, I would like to send you referrals, but in return, I would like to be paid X number of dollars. And all you do is you make the introduction. If they close it, you get paid a referral fee and boom, done, be done with it. Okay. I've I've thought about that in the past, but I wasn't ever sure if it was really enforceable or, you know, like how do you know if they closed and are they being honest? You, you follow up with the client, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And at, and at some point, I don't know, I'm a big fan of just at some point, like you got to just take people at their word. And yeah. yeah. I mean, if, you and, know, if you, if you send them a hundred people and not a single one converts, then, <laughs> you know, maybe you address that. I think this, this is maybe going to be unpopular too, but I, I'm not sure it's necessarily your duty or responsibility to like make sure that there's someone who can solve every problem your business or your client throws at you. Um, like, like you just, I think you decide what services you offer. And when they come to you and they say, oh, we also would love to do some advanced social media ads with tracking and, and retargeting and whatever. And you're like, I'm so sorry. I don't actually do that. Uh, I, I, you know, here's what I do. Obviously, I do it well. I love working with you. Um, I'm not sure who could do that, but I know if you you know if you search for such and such keyword, you could probably find someone good. Um, and I just I don't know. I just there there's definitely like what's hard when you when you have such a personal connection with your clients, which it sounds like you do, and that can be a really great thing. Yeah. The hard thing is like telling them no, right? Yeah. And the, and the, the mm-hmm. difficult thing is saying I can't help you with this. This isn't what I do. Right. But I but I think they'll understand it's business. It's not personal. You're not saying like I refuse to help you. <laughs> right. I, I, you're not saying like I see you uh, there on the wayside suffering and I'm not going to stop and help you. It's not the same kind of thing. Right. Um, it's just I don't offer those services. I don't have that skill set. And, and in actuality, I think you're actually no offense, but I think you're actually for some of your clients doing them a disservice, pretending to be uh, a, a marketer, an advanced, I should say, I, I apologize, not a marketer, like an advanced, like this Facebook ads and all this stuff that you say that you you don't really like that much, you don't really follow that much, you feel overwhelmed by, and they come to you and say, can you help, help me with this? If you say, yes, I'll do it, and then you figure it out, that can be like, that can actually not be great for you or your client. You're doing work you don't like. You're doing work you're not great at. And so your clients aren't getting any results that they want. It'd be much better for you to just say, I don't know how to do that. My specialty is in XYZ, but um, you know, I wish you luck in finding someone else and I'd love to continue to help you on this other stuff that I am really good at. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense and that was ultimately I I had like a business identity crisis and you know, basically cried because I'm realizing that my clients are outgrowing me, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's hard. That's yeah. hard. Um, for sure so is, that but, was but, when but, I made but, the decision to outsource or um, those tasks, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, the stress of managing the client, the all the 
all of that is too much right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and having to stay just ahead of them on stuff that you don't know how to do, that's so overwhelming. Whereas, you know, think through like these clients that you've maybe done a brand for and a, a website for and you've enjoyed that work and you've been an expert in that. Yeah, they might not need your help for a year on their Facebook campaign or whatever, right? They might not need you to set up lead pages or all of these things that you really don't want to do. Um, but in a year or two, they're going to need their brand refreshed. They're going to need their website updated. They're going to need stuff that you're good at and that you like to do. And and then, you know, you stay in touch with them. You even potentially, like Clay said, you're still billing them and helping them. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Pardon me, supporting them along the way. And then when they need a new website, of course you're the person that they go to. And now it's just sort of a long-term repeat process as opposed to like trying to grow and change along with their business. It's just, it's really hard to do. And and then you multiply that by 10, 20, 30 clients all going different directions. Like that just becomes way too overwhelming, I think. Yeah. yeah. Your processes get... Yeah. So, so they're so different, right? The process of managing a Facebook ads client versus a SEO client is yeah versus another thing. It's just quite different. It's just hard to juggle. I I want to um I want to add to like I I agree with Preston. It, it's you know ultimately it's not it is not you know if you decide to focus on website and branding, it's ultimately not your responsibility to to make sure that the client's set up for that. However, I will add. Just because we all know how this industry is, if someone goes to a marketing company, they more than likely also do websites. So if if you you know if you leave the client, if you if you leave it up to the client to go and Google search whoever mm. can do Facebook ads, you are risking the possibility of losing your client as a as a website client. So this is where again. I highly recommend putting a list of referral partners together that you trust, mm. you know, okay? It's going to take you some time. Um, but as long as you know and trust them, that those people are not going to backstab you. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're just not. They're going to be like, I'm super grateful that Erica sent, sent me this, uh, this client. Even though I also do websites, I'm not going to step on her toes. Yeah, what's a reasonable price to ask for a referral? Uh, I don't know. It just depends. Like, I think a fair, a fair fee, and maybe Preston has some input here. Is the first I would say whatever the monthly retainer is, the first just one month's worth or two months worth. Right. Yeah. Or if you or if you want to stretch it out over the long term, you know, you could do like thirty percent of whatever they collect for. Yeah, that's long. I would. I personally wouldn't do that because you just don't know how long that person's going to be a client for, and uh, for, uh, for you don't know how yeah. how long they're going to be a client for this other person. And also, That's you true. can't you can't control how good of customer service or how good of a performance they do. So I wouldn't rely on on the total amount because you just don't know what that number is going to be. And plus, it's just like hard to track. I would just ask for the first month. Personally, yeah, or or a flat number. Just just come up with a flat number for them. This mm-hmm. is this is gravy money. Like this this shouldn't be a huge revenue generator for you anyway. This should be like right. a little extra money on the side in your business, you know. So even asking them for three hundred bucks or five hundred bucks or something, depending on you sort of. I think you sort of look at how much they'll make from a from a potential client, assuming they do their job well, 
And then you say like, you know, what's what's the value to them of a new client? If they're going to make 15 grand off of a new client, asking them for $1,000 is really not that strange. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think it just depends. If they're going to make 500 off of a client, you know, maybe asking for 50 bucks or 100 bucks for a, a referral that ends up converting. It just is going to depend really on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Erica, we are running short on time. This has been hopefully helpful for you. It's been fun for us. What have we left out here in the last couple of minutes that we can answer for you? Yeah, I think I just, uh, this was really helpful. I think what I have to do is wrap my head around because, you know, this is all about going freelance to founder and creating an agency is what I had pictured in my head and I had pictured a marketing agency. So now I'm like, well, mm. what does that look like if it's just a web design agency? How much longer when I would be working just by myself? You know, like I, I guess because mm. I was starting to hire these people doing marketing um, as subcontractors, I was like, okay, I'm going to agency. But now I feel like mm. if I reel it back in, I'm going closer to freelancer. And yeah, there's nothing thing. wrong with that. <laughs> but. I've yeah, done and, that. And, and, and certainly, you know, it ebbs and flows. And you might figure out a few things as you work more as a freelancer on this sort of month-by-month basis. And, and then you start to, maybe if you offer like support along with that, you start to subcontract that out where they can just do small WordPress updates or small... You know, you subcontract out writers, like we mentioned before. Like, I think there's still lots of opportunity to subcontract and scale. I mean, Clay followed a very similar path, ended up with, after how many years, Clay? You had like 20 something employees. Yeah, um, three, three so. years, four, uh, three years, we had 22 employees and then uh, sold it in the fourth year. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's definitely just, just because you're just doing web design doesn't mean there's not room for growth. Any Anytime you bring on, so many clients that you can't do all of their work all the time. That's the opportunity to, to bring on someone else and, and begin to build an agency. So I feel okay. like you're on your way. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. All right, Erica. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you tell people really quickly where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at ericarice.com. That's Erica with a C. Rice like the food. ericarice.com. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking time to come on the show today. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys. See ya. <laughs> Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.